the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Friday, January 22nd, 2021. I was looking forward to uh, this all day because John Gabriel's one of my favorite uh, people, one of my favorite commentators and thinkers, and I love talking to him and wanted to get him on today based on just a small tweet he had yesterday, but he's obviously produced so much since then. We have a lot to talk about. John Gabriel, of course, is the editor-in-chief at Ricochet, ricochet.com. Great website, great series of podcasts over there, and a columnist for the Arizona Republic. Happy Friday, John. Happy Friday to you, too. I am ready for the weekend. It's been a crazy week. It, I know, and so long, too. Doesn't Didn't it seem like a really long week? It really did. Are, are you going to do anything fun this weekend? Um, Sleep. That's what I'm looking forward to, sleeping. And after that, I'll figure it out. I need to do some hiking, but it's supposed to be rainy. So you you strike me as week. the kind of guy, and, and, and I mean this with you know total respect, because I'm not this kind of guy, but you strike me as the kind of guy that has several really good pairs of hiking boots and a cabin somewhere up north that's really <laughs> minimalist. And probably a good Carhartt jacket and some good gear to keep you warm and that you go camping up north a lot. You strike me as that kind of person. Am I anywhere near close? I don't do it nearly as much as I could. And uh, my cabin, if it exists, is in a completely undisclosed location. Okay. So I I think part of it um, is... I kind of see the craziness in the world, and I just want to turn everything off. And I know. I'll jokingly post pictures on Twitter of all these incredibly remote cabins, and it's like all I need is a place with no electricity, no Wi-Fi. I don't know, 500 square feet will do. I guess that's what gave me the <laughs> image. I guess I've seen some of that. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. Oklahoma. We're not going to Oklahoma. Do you see this? There's a state legislator there who's proposing a bill in Oklahoma that they have something called a Sasquatch hunting season. And, and and to me, that that's just upsetting to me. There, there's no need for that. We don't need to be actively hunting Sasquatch. Yeah, I, I don't think that's a, a, a good game animal anyway. It'd probably be a little stringy. Oh, John. 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 <laughs> All right. Let me. The reason I, I wrote you initially, and there's some other stuff I want to do with you, but I've been into George Orwell big the last two years in a way that I haven't in the first decades several decades of my life it's it's amazing how much i've i've I'm, I'm realizing how much i should have read him when i was younger but i'm i'm catching up now i'm reading a lot of orwell and um there was a letter he wrote in 1944 about two years before he published his novel 1984 and he writes there is the fact that the intellectuals are more totalitarian in outlook than the common people on the whole the english intelligentsia have opposed Hitler, but only at the price of accepting Stalin. Most of them are perfectly ready for dictatorial methods, secret police, systemic falsification of history, so long as they feel it's on our side. And you wrote, when you consider yourself better than the rabble, you naturally think you need to control them. Does that partially explain the authoritarian personality we've seen 
in such great uh, measure from governors and mayors uh, across 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 the country over the past year or so. Yeah, and what you see repeatedly, and yeah, there have been fewer right-wing authoritarians, but uh, you definitely see a lot of left-wing authorities, yeah, yeah. but they all share something in common, and that's looking down on others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of have the Judeo-Christian ethic of everybody's made in the image of God, and, you know, you need everybody has value, and if you talk to people, especially, I call them over-educated people, it's not that they got an education, but they got one that they can't really apply. Mm-hmm. They tend to think themselves better mm-hmm. than the plumber who works in their house, and the plumber's able to charge them $1,000 to uh, clear out a uh, plugged toilet. You wonder, okay, who's the dummy here? Yeah, right. <laughs> the guy who's paying right. the plumber $1,000? Right. Or the plumber who's getting rich by uh, taking care of these kind of overeducated elites. And who can do nothing. A lot of it just... Right. Yeah, yeah, and I think a lot of it just comes down to arrogance and not understanding that everybody does have value, um, whether whatever their pedigree might be, they do have value, and they have fast, fantastic ideas. One thing on Ricochet that's great is the members can um, write posts, and the ones I love the most are from the guy who's a cross-country truck driver yeah. or the guy who lays concrete yeah. for a living, owns a, owns a small business, and they come up with observations from the heartland uh-huh. or from, you know, the media centers that are so much better than the scribblers that usually uh, get out of D.C. It's amazing because they they work with all types of people. And they see and the they country. And the human condition. And they see right, the country. Right. They see what people in the country care about. They know what's going on in the country. I learned this so many years ago when I was doing talk radio in the in the early 2000s. I learned, you know, I used to have these fascinating uh, guests that I like, you know, from the universities and think tank worlds, but we'd open up the lines to the truckers. I got so much more from them. They actually see the world. They know what's going on much better. Right. Yeah, much. and I think it's something, too, to keep in mind. And, and again, someone who has a doctorate doesn't mean they fall into this category. Um, we probably both know many people with doctorates, higher education, who understand that. You know, they understand that the more you learn, the more you realize you need to learn. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of inherent humility, if you're actually searching for the truth and searching for deep knowledge, you have the attitude of, wow, I really don't know anything, do I? I need to learn more. Um, But you get some people, especially if you get um, a useless degree, you Mm -hmm. know, I don't know, gender studies degree, and get your master's in it, uh, you have all the new speak that you've had to learn, and nobody understands because it's nonsensical. So you tend to look down on others as being somehow beneath you when, in, in all actuality, they're probably above you in common decency. It's an amazingly odd thing, though, that, you know, we tolerated this at the universities and colleges for so many decades, the craziness of the Newspeak and the craziness of the double think and the craziness of playing around with genders and pronouns and uh, the craziness of all kinds of things that we said not to worry. It's it's just at the university and college level. People grow up, they graduate, they enter the real world, they see their FICA taxes on their first paycheck, they become, shall we say, normalized. We were wrong. We were wrong about that, or I think I was wrong. I shouldn't put you in my category if you're not there, John. But I was wrong uh, in listening to these people. It turns out they got jobs in social media and took from the university and extrapolated it to the real world. 
Right. I was wrong about that, too. I thought it was obvious. Uh, one thing that made me very happy, I have two teenage daughters. They both got jobs, and both of them, like clockwork, when they saw the first paycheck, went, wait a minute, what's right. this? Right. And, um, you know, it's like I really wanted to buy those shoes or, you know, put it to college or something like that. And I thought that was a, it's a great wake-up call for anyone. But we've created a career path that's so immunized from real life, from the real world, um, they tended to actually believe the stuff their college professors were saying, mm-hmm. unlike you probably and me as well, right. where we just rolled our eyes and said, all right, whatever, they're going off about Reagan again or Bush, the first Bush or something like that. And you just roll your eyes and, okay, whatever. Um, but these people actually took them seriously, um, which is very disturbing, and it's an uphill climb to win a lot of these people back. Well, there, when we were there, though, in in college, uh, we, that, that you could always you could always find a couple professors here and there that were that were conservative or that were against the grain of liberalism. There, there were there were always a few. That's gone. So, mm-hmm. in part. In part, you and I could find refuge with those types of academics. Now there is no uh, city of refuge. The only city of refuge I can think of is probably Hillsdale and Grove City and uh, maybe two or three more, but that's about it. There is no more city of refuge for normal thinking in a college campus. You cannot do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. It's really tragic what's happened because, again, it's if everybody's sharing the same assumptions, you're going to make so many category error, mm-hmm. uh, errors. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something most education, educated people would know. Yeah. And the fact that they don't accept that is really bewildering. What, one thing that I recommend, I've recommended to my kids a zillion times, is um, to get yourself into a different set of assumptions. Right. And one way to do that is very old books. Right. You know, you read St. Augustine or you mm-hmm. read... Um, Plato, any, mm-hmm. anything you want, but their assumptions are totally different. They might not be correct in the, your way of thinking, but it comes at life and the human experience from a different perspective, and it's just important because you start to say, okay, I disagree with this guy over here, but over here he makes a good point that nobody mentions anymore. Mm-hmm. And you wonder, you know, if, 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 uh, if a 19-year-old were to open Plato's Republic these days— you wonder. You wonder if that nineteen-year-old doesn't say, "Why can't we talk about this in college?" Because it's an, right. a fascinating series of discussions about what is justice that will not be assigned in a college campus today. Can you stay another segment? I want to do some more with sure you if can. you have some time. Thanks, John. I'm uh, Seth Liebson. He's John Gabriel, editor in chief at Ricochet.com. You want to check that site out? It's got a lot of great stuff on it. In fact, I just saw something on there I wanted to ask you about. There's nothing we can do to slow COVID down, Joe Biden says. Let's see what John Gabriel says. We could always use a little more Alabama here. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Delighted to have the editor of uh, editor-in-chief at ricochet.com, John Gabriel, with us, also a columnist for the Arizona Republic. Um, John, uh, we'll get to the racial healing in a moment. But first, if I may, you, you pounced on this. I'm glad you did. Joe Biden today said there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. That had to have been off talking point, No. One would hope um, nothing we can do would um, cancel out lockdowns, mask wearing, uh, all the mask mandates he's demanding. The 120-page um, report he put out yesterday? 
Right, right. It's just absolutely nuts. And um, I think we're going to see a lot more. I don't know if you call them telegraphing his cluelessness or gaffes, as uh, the media likes to call them. But this is the guy who said repeatedly a couple weeks before the election, I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm going to shut down the virus. And now he's updated it to, I remember just before he took office, he said there are very, very dark days ahead. The worst is yet to come. And now he's saying there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Um, That's madness. It's absolute madness. Um, You know, Donald Trump, you know, even for his haters, in less than a year, he led the development of a vaccine uh, through Operation Warp Speed. And (laughs) giving gifted a vaccine in the closing days of his administration to Biden, and now Biden saying there's absolutely nothing we can do, is beyond bizarre. Um, It's kind of interesting. Anyone who's watched Biden a long time, it's been jarring to see the uh, hope and change. Um, Everybody's going to be unified. He's a moderate. He's competent. He's calm. Um, We've never seen that throughout his career, even less so now that he's been so erratic. But everything he's doing, he might have said unity during his inaugural address, but everything since then has been finding every divisive social, like, culture war issue and just dividing people right and left. You're talking about investigating people who support Trump too fervently, um, rolling back abortion, inviting caravans of immigrants in to come here illegally. It's absolutely Transgender education regulations. Right, right, yeah, uh, trying to fail See, this out, is what's uh, so interesting. Um, I was I was taken off earlier. You may be a fan. I don't know. I don't. I, it doesn't matter. I was taken off on a piece Gary Kasparov had in the Wall Street Journal today, earlier today in the show, and he says he has this line that Joe Biden is not the leftist people have said. He defeated the leftists. Did he? I'm not so sure. He brought them in is what I think he did, and everything you just said is far to the left of what Obama did in his first – 48 hours. Absolutely. And they are running the show. Um, Biden, you know, no offense to him. Um, we're all getting older, but he's not really with it anymore. He didn't seem terribly with it four years ago and far less so now. He is being led around by the nose by all the people that he is appointing to run his administration. These are far leftists who are running his administration. And that's the direction it's going to go. You're already hearing rumors drop by the left about cognitive decline, and, ooh, this is very concerning. All they wanted him is a Trojan horse, and now they're already preparing to cast him aside so we could have a President Kamala, someone who had to drop out before the Iowa caucuses because she had no support from her party. So I, I and, think, and was um, rated as the most left-wing member of the United States Senate, interestingly Absolutely, enough. absolutely. So, and she just talk about low character. She is the worst on the on those issues yeah, as well. Sure. So, uh, Democrats, as much as the press loves to say, "Oh, the GOP is dead," boy, um, if anything can unify a fractured party, it's this crazy left wing nonsense that Biden slash Harris are trying to install by fiat, not even through Congress. Well, you know, one of the most eerie things I, I know there uh, there's a contingent here that doesn't think it's a big deal. I just think it is in its action. One of the most telling, because it seems like one of the most Stalinist or Orwellian things this administration has done, 48 hours, 72 hours in, I I thought the removing of the 1776 commission report was really weird and telling. I thought that was an odd – are you familiar with this? this Yes, I sure am. So they take it off the White House website. I just think that's 
eerie. That's so memory hole. That is so odd. I thought it was. I thought it was a big tell. Yeah, it completely is. And the 1776 project, all it did is correct the record on the disproven uh, 1619 nonsense. The New York Times is now, you know, it's now led to teaching in the schools. And basically, the 1776, it was just restating the actual history. Yeah, yeah. That's all it did. Larry Arn, wonderful man. Um, you know, he helped head this up. Uh, several people from Claremont did, but nothing in it was offensive no. or even controversial in the slightest. No historian could have a problem with it. And uh, the fact that they're trying to memory hold that and make sure the message is America is a fundamentally racist yeah. country yeah. and we're a terrible place. And oh, by the way, we need to let in immigrants for yeah. some reason, even though we're so terrible. Um, it's really bizarre. Once again, he's just every kind of cultural division he is trying to fracture as hard as he can in the first couple days and and that uh, shows how much he cares about unity that's interesting that point that last one you rolled off there john the immigration efforts because he put a lot into it in the last 72 hours uh with a proposed piece of legislation of amnesty as well as some executive orders and Psaki has said everything we're doing is in the name of equity. We're doing immigration in the name of equity. That's an odd message to minority communities already here, isn't it? Absolutely. And when we're dealing with we need to get this economy coming again, you immediately want to raise the minimum wage and bring in immigrants who will lower the cost of labor. They don't know what they're doing other than uh, liberal checklists. It, It totally is at fundamental odds with trying to get this economy humming, and to bring in a bunch of immigrants during this COVID pandemic. It's utter madness. So what this experiment is, I gather, is because these people are like the educated we talked about in the first segment. What I take this experiment to be is let's do everything we can that our woke socialist philosophy tells us to do and see if it somehow magically works. None of it connects to connects any dots, and none of it makes any sense quite on paper. But this is our ideology, and we're going to be all accelerator and no break, and we'll see what works. That, I guess, is the governing strategy we're looking at right now. It sure seems to be, and all the different special interest groups that supported Biden, especially those who remained quiet and uh, tamped down the riots shortly before the election, they want payback, and that's what he's doing right now. He's paying off his supporters who have demanded all these things. So they would he basically bought their silence during the closing days of the election. I just still can't get – I'm so glad you highlighted this. I was going through on the show yesterday. The administration did put forward a 200-page I, – I, I was I – was, stinting it earlier. I said 120 pages, 200-page national strategy for COVID yesterday. And then today we are told, that was yesterday. Today we're told, as you point out, there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. It's, it's, there's going to be a lot to talk about here, John. Uh, I hope you'll stay close and I hope we can do more of it with you. Absolutely. Good to talk to you, John Gabriel. Great talking to you, Seth. All right. Happy New Year if I haven't told you already and have a great weekend. Whether you're camping in the northern part of Arizona or Tucson. I'm Seth, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, 602-508-0960. John is in Peoria. Hi, John. 
Hey, Seth, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Where are you off to? Where Where fun and good are you off to right now? It's <laughs> no. <laughs> funny you ask because guess what? I just had a... Uh, I've been busy. I just had a McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese. Well, I often live vicariously through you. Maybe not on that one, but uh, generally well, I no, do. I'm You're always you, every once in a, every once in a while. You're heading somewhere fun. Yes, uh, and I'll tell you what. I'm a um, I'm a foodie. I, I uh, fashion myself to be a foodie, and you know, from the high end to the very fast food end. You know, there's benefits to be found in all things, I say. I know, I know. I love the song. Maybe we can go out with it, the John Connolly song, Common Man. I love it. You know that song? I, uh, I'm i not familiar. Uh, As the maid poured it, wine and we prepared to dine, I knew I was feeling out of place at a table as large as a river barge, and I love you written all on your face. I appreciate your hospitality, but I wish that we could go. Let me drive up to McDonald's, and I'll talk to you concerning something you should really know. <laughs> That's great. I'm just got, a common I man. I drive a common van. My dog don't got a pedigree. Yeah. Oh, that's great. We'll go out with it. That's we'll great. go out with it. Excellent. Do that. Do that. What was I going to say? I'm wearing Carhartt pants. There you go. You heard that reference earlier, it, huh? Okay. I heard that reference. I said I was laughing when I heard that. He said, "Well, I, I fashion you to be a guy that uh, has a uh, Carhartt jacket on." Yeah, I, I went to college with a guy up from Schenectady who came down to Southern California with a Carhartt jacket and. He he was my fashion um, uh, uh, advisor because I came to Southern California with a different set of clothes from Phoenix, which was always 10 years behind the times fashion-wise. And he threw out all my clothes and took me to the Gap. But his Carhartt jacket, you could stand that thing up without propping it on anything. It was that. It was great. I think you could stand my Carhartt yeah. pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Funny. Yeah. Oh, that's a great. Yeah, one. I went. Hey, I went uh, to Southern California with all these guest jeans, you know, and all that. He said, "Huh, uh, we're throwing all that stuff out," and we went to the we're Gap. Throwing, yeah, we're gonna get you some. Yeah, some Carhartt. Well, five oh. We started with five oh ones. Yeah. Oh, okay. Five oh ones. Yeah. Button fly. Yeah. Button fly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey. Oh, and also, uh, in a nod to your guest, what a nice gentleman. Uh, and well, what um, uh, some poignant comments he made there too, especially about these uh, leftist uh, uh, authoritarian governors looking down on people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's the perfect example. Uh, you could use him as the post- poster boy for it. His Newsom at the French Laundry. Yeah. Can you imagine that looking down on the common man? Well, that see, yes, people- yes, of course that, and the mayor of Austin who took a private plane to Mexico, telling people not to travel, or Deborah Burks doing the same with her family and the Whitmers. On and on, we see this happening. The mayor of New York out in public with his wife. No one else can be. Yes, yes, it's 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 it- it's a tyranny. And that's what people loved about Donald Trump, because the common man, because Donald Trump, even though he was a billionaire, he didn't look down on the common man. He was man. pretty happy you with McDonald's. He, he brought McDonald's right. in for people. No, and he did. And then also, he, that's why he expanded the party so much. And I'll tell you what, Seth, and I think Lindsey Graham put it best. He goes, if you try to get rid of Donald Trump, guess what? Republicans will never, ever win again. 
Lindsey Graham said it. Well, you know, he has this huge, still huge popularity rating amongst the rank and amongst GOP members who are polled. And it just doesn't comport with what you keep hearing from the media. And at a certain point, I don't know why we should trust the media on this than we do anything else. No. Right. Never, Troy. You know that, Seth. I do. I do. But we fall for this narrative. Not you and me, but, you know. No, but, uh, well, they want us to. That's the conformity thing. Hold the thought. Hold the thought. Hold the thought. Let's have a little John Conley. And we'll come back on the other side of this, and we'll talk about riots and double standards. Okay, John? Excellent. All right. Excellent. We'll be right back. You do a lot worse than having music that ranges from John Connolly to Jimmy Buffett. That You could do a lot worse. John and Peora, thanks for sticking with me, brother. Great, great bumper music, my friend. Yeah. Especially the common man. Yeah, wasn't that good? And it's going... It fits into the theme. It fits into the theme of the show so far. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. I just wanted to tell you too. I sponsored. Uh, I, I, I sounds like Epic Times is a new sponsor for you, and I'm already patronized. Them. Oh, I'm good. Yeah, it's a great, 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 great op-ed section. Great paper. Yeah. Oh, it's a great. I'm telling you, really great articles. Oh, and they had an article about Perroes in there, too, uh, in the food section. Oh, did they? Article. Okay. All right. Are so, you familiar with Perroes? I, I, didn't I call them pierogies? Yeah, you did. We t- I think we might have talked about yeah. it before, but not in reference to Epic Times. But amazingly, I saw an article recently about Perroes in there. Okay. In their food section. Well, I will, I will, I will, I, I subscribe to the Epic Times. Now I can say I do it for the food section. That's right. Yeah. I'm serious. Yeah. I read the Epic Times section. for the food section. And they got a great art section in there. Yeah, no, it's well. a great, great publication. Great. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So I'm, I'm a patronizer of your spots. Thank you. And the other one is Solar Sandy. She's great, too. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. I'm meeting, yes, I'm meeting with her next week. She's fabulous. Well, you tell her, John, from Peoria, and she'll know who you're talking about. I, I will do. Thank you, John. <laughs> yes. Okay, here's one my original thing. I don't know if you saw the montage recently of the, uh, and speaking about the tidal wave or the buckets of hypocrisy uh, with the, uh, uh, oh, we're only calling out the rioters on the, uh, on the right, or now that's such indignant yeah. uh, about the rioters on the right, but all summer long they didn't say one peak. Not that's a, right. It, it, you could hear a pin drop. Yep. But anyhow, they put out a montage, and it was immediately taken off of YouTube, but somehow it got on Rumble, and it started out with Nancy Pelosi in the montage saying, "Oh, this should be taken all. I hope this. I hope this takes place all over." Yeah, I don't know why riot. people aren't. Yeah, I don't know why people aren't rising up all over the country. Yeah, exactly. All over the country, and right. then it switches to Eric Holder. Yep. No, you get in there, and he right. uses a, yep. a expletive. Mm-hmm. You get in there, and you yep. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. and then it goes to Maxine Waters. I don't know. Did you see that one? Mm-hmm. That montage. Yeah, I played a version of it. There's a few of them floating around. Uh, and they're useful. They're very useful. Also, too. Oh, I hope they use it in the impeachment trial. Well, also, too, I've... don't forget that great Jim Jordan video that ran about 10 minutes when Bill Barr was testifying. Uh, that's available on YouTube still as well. You may remember he. Oh, that. Yeah. He, uh, what a man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Jim Jordan. Yeah. Jim Gates. Uh, uh, Mark. Um, uh, <laughs> Mark, what's Mark? Get, get, is it Gates? Or oh, Gates? They're, you're uh, thinking of Matt Gates? Yeah, right, yeah. Matt Gates, yeah, 
Matt Gates, what a great man, too. But anyhow, and I want to get one more point because I, I want to give your other listeners. I, I don't want to take up all your You're time. Doing You're, so gentle, You're doing just fine. You're doing just fine. I'd love to hear from you um, every Friday, actually. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate That's very kind of you. Um, but <laughs> I got to I start laughing. Here, another one of our senile presidents. Uh, oh, we can't do anything. Of, uh, 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 we can't do anything. Uh, I think about, I think uh, this is an amazing thing. There's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic no, in the next several no. months. Well, why the hell did he put yeah, out a 200-page report yesterday? Well, if you talk about the hypocrisy, too, they're, they're getting down on Trump about his failures behind COVID. And admittedly, he did have some. But anyhow... Uh, who didn't? Uh, I want to know who did it right. Yeah, who didn't is right. Did you hear, my, on, Fau- did you hear my Fauci montage earlier? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I stay tuned. I'll play that before the hour's up. We put together a Fauci montage you'll like. Oh, I, you need to do it again. I'll do it. But anyhow, um, uh, here, and I was thinking, I was thinking when you were, I was kind of laughing, uh, what about getting vaccinated? Yeah. We can't do it. And, and Florida just did the millionth vaccine. Yeah. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah. A hundred hundred year old World War II veteran got the vaccine. The millionth person was it in Florida or Texas? I think it was in Florida. Uh, did you see that? Yeah. I, I look. I, <laughs> it ain't Governor Cuomo. That's another thing. I don't think it's in our montage. But Fauci saying Governor Cuomo is an example of who's doing things right. We. We don't have to add it in. I'll just say it. But, yeah, that's an, an – I have I have no understanding of how these people can be lauded with straight faces as the heroes of the coronavirus when they tell us that Governor Cuomo is the model. He has the highest death rate per capita and the highest case count. Yeah. Joe Biden telling us today there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months after having put out a 200-page strategy yesterday – um, also, nicely today, he also said the virus is surging. The virus is surging. Yesterday, Fauci said the virus is plateauing, and the New York Times headline shows that new cases and hospitalizations are precipitously dropping. So, you know... Yeah, even in Arizona. Yeah. Even yeah, in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's huh. just... Un- cases are down 21%, hospitalizations down almost 5%, but it's surging. According to Joe Biden, this is this is going to be really special. It's going to be a special couple of yeah. years, John. Uh, yeah, fasten your seatbelt, Seth. All right. Well, I'll play. I'll play you my montage of Fauci. I'll play it for you if you want to hear it. Now we'll do it for Thank you. Thank you, sir. And you God bet. bless you. You too. You have a great weekend. All right, Bill, put this together. Go for it, Bill. Bottom line: we don't have to worry about this one, right? Well, uh, you know, obviously, you need to take it seriously. And do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. We be changing our habits. And if so, how? No, right now, at this moment, there is no need to change anything that you're doing on a day by day basis. I don't think this is something that the United States public should be worried or frightened about. Mm-hmm. I think the risk is very low right now for the United States. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, 
wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better, and it might even block a, a droplet, but it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often, there are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask, and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying uh, uh, inside uh, uh, there? Of course, and- of course. Yeah, that's the ex- expert we're all lionizing because, of course, Donald Trump made so many mistakes. There is something you can do to boost your immunity, improve your health, and give yourself more energy every single day. And that's taking balance of nature, just as I do, every single day. Three red capsules, three green capsules. The red are fruit, the green are vegetable, and we're talking powerful, potent, healthy stuff. Oranges and pineapples, carrots and spinach. I think it's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. Take it every single morning. I'd like you to try it too. Now is not the time to let your immunity go down or slack. They have a great deal offering free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of those fruits and veggies. Give them a call at 800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code BALANCE. You'll be very glad you did. It's my favorite product I've ever taken or endorsed. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. We're going to hear from the great Larry Elder uh, at the bottom of the next hour, your show until then. Larry told me he had a bunch of stuff he had to get off his chest and off his mind from the Biden inauguration speech. I know it'll be good. You won't want to miss it. Rob is in surprise. Hi, Rob. Hi, Seth. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, I don't know if you ever saw the once-in-a-lifetime video of David Byrne on the Talking Heads of that song. It's just hilarious. He's got this gigantic white suit on. Yes, 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 of course. It it, it was just unbelievably funny. Well, unbelievably strange, but then David Byrne being an art, former art guy, uh, I guess you expect that sort of unpredictability. Yeah, something tells me he's a strange guy. I don't know enough about him. Maybe I shouldn't have said that, but he strikes me as a strange guy. Yeah, well, I, I think he's, well, I'm sure he's eccentric. Um, and That's again, a better word for it, probably. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think he was an art student in New York City, okay. and then he formed, you know, the Talking Heads way yeah. back in the 70s. And, and that sort of explains, I think, a great deal, because they do think differently. I don't know if it's a right-brain, left-brain thing or, or what. But, um, oh, and also for John and Peoria, I know that he said uh, he patronized uh, Solar Sandy and one of the other sponsors, and Epic. I thought I was yeah. going to tell, tell John not to be so patronizing. Right? <laughs> so patronizing. <laughs> anyway, it's the anyway. only kind of patronizing we like. That's right. Anyway, um, I, I found something that was kind of interesting. Dr. Kelly Ward had written in Town Hall today uh, an article about Arizona Republicans have a good foundation to build upon. And she had listed you know, all the, all the accomplishments and the money and uh, that obviously it didn't turn out the way that uh, everything was supposed to turn out, but she had praised, you know, the candidates, the campaign staffs, the, the training that was going on, managing data and money and volunteers and working with the media and all the reports and God knows what else and the grassroots effort. And and it sounded really, really good. Um, well, until I went to the comments. Um, but then at the same time, just earlier today, 
uh, I think it was KOLD in Tucson, News 13, uh, their news today at 9 a.m. said that the Arizona GOP is calling for the chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party to resign. What? And it was signed by, I think, 13 or so people that are involved in uh, the state when it comes to county chairs, officers, the past chairman, of, including Maricopa County's past chairman, um, and legislative district uh, directors and so forth. Um, and then I went on Facebook and I saw that Kelly had put in several articles about her. I guess this came out Tuesday, but she's actually running for re-election. Yeah, hold hold on, hold on. Let me take the break and we'll pick it up on the other side of the hour. It's um, it's if that's okay with you, Rob, just because I got to hit the hard news break here. Uh, we'll pick up uh, the future of the Arizona and National Republican Party. Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero. We'll be right back. <laughs> 